book of 2 Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and I want to be very helpful, very practical tonight, and I would encourage you to uh, pay close attention and to make some notes and then to determine to uh, apply this uh, this evening, and it'll be good for us uh, as we continue to serve the Lord. But we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and I continue to pray for all the different things that we have going on, and I'm excited about uh, what the Lord has for us, and uh, the carpet, new carpet we put in uh, a week from tomorrow, and so we praise the Lord uh, for that, get the new carpet in, and continue to make progress, and we'll just uh, continue to move forward uh, for uh, the glory of the Lord. At 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll read verse 1 through 4. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Uh, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, and tonight uh, I'm going to teach on this subject, discontentment with Bible preaching. Discontentment with Bible preaching. Bible preaching helps you and I. Bible preaching is what we must have. And when we get discontented uh, with Bible preaching, I say, oh, what kind of programs do you have? I'm for programs. I'm for fellowship. I'm for activity. But what we have to have is Bible preaching. And uh, this is will help us tonight because I want to show us from the Bible, and Paul is warning Timothy, uh, there's some things that are going to take place, and you and I can uh, heed these warnings tonight and see what will take place, uh, the progression when we get discontented with Bible preaching. Father, help us tonight as we look into your word. May we realize the importance of what we're looking at tonight. May we realize that Bible preaching it builds us, it grows us, it's preventative. Uh, and Father, the consequences are grave uh, when we get, get away from Bible preaching, when we avoid it, we become discontented with it. And may you use the message tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Second Timothy chapter number three, which you know, and I've, I've spent many, many times uh, preaching and teaching out of uh, that, that chapter, this know that in the last days perilous times shall come. Paul teaches on what all those, what those perilous days are going to look like. And uh, in short, it looks a lot like today. And uh, he goes into chapter number four, and he gives some admonishment. And uh, we see that in verse number two, he says, Preach the word, uh, be in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. We're going to come back to verse number two, but if we're going to look at tonight the importance of Bible preaching. Bible preaching uh, is, is what will save you and I a lot of trouble uh, if we'll listen to it. It'll save you and I a lot of trouble if we'll heed what is uh, preached to us from the Word of God. And uh, we should always uh, look forward to Bible preaching. And uh, it's important that we have it in our lives. It's a great thing for your home to be under Bible preaching. Now, not, all Bi- not all preaching is Bible preaching. And so if we're going to look at the consequences of being discontented with Bible preaching, we must go back to chapter number 3. And we looked at this this past Sunday night as Paul admonishes Timothy, reminds him to continue in the things that he has learned because from a child he was taught the Holy Scriptures. That's verse 14 and verse 15. But I want you to notice verse 16. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, now, that word inspiration simply means God breathed. God put life into it. That's why these words are different than any other words. That's why you and I, as a man, as man should not uh, tamper with the word of God. Well, it's just it's making it know what God breathed into. The Spirit of God has capability of using that. It's unlike anything uh, that man has ever done. Uh, it's inspired, then preserved by God. But what I want us to see tonight is the purpose of it is profitable for doctrine. It's important that you and I are reminded of the importance of doctrine. Doctrine is everything. Uh, doctrine is what we uh, hold to. Doctrine is what we build our lives on. We live in a day, even among quote-unquote Bible believers, doctrine, well, 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 that's a secondary issue. No, if it's in my Bible, it's a primary issue. Uh, doctrine is important. We must know what we believe. Uh, we must stand for the doctrines of the Word of God. But verse number 16 also says it's probable for doctrine for reproof. Uh, to uh, reprove us. Uh, you and I need to be reproved. We need to be told we're wrong. We live in a day uh, when we would rather just go, go, uh, go headlong into destruction than somebody tell us we're wrong. I want to be, use your, use your minds with me tonight when I say this, I would, I would rather be, I don't even know how to, to properly say it, but we, we, we say, I, I'm just, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. I would rather be right by admitting I'm wrong in, instead of being wrong by standing so this is I know I'm right. Now, some of you, I just lost you. You can go ahead and leave right now. Uh, I'm not even sure what I said myself. The point I'm making is all of us, we need to be told we're wrong sometimes. Um, and you know what? We, when we're told we're wrong and we, we get upset about that, you know what we are? We're getting full of ourselves. We need to be told we're wrong. You got to be, remind, be reminded when this Bible tells us we're wrong, who it is that's telling us we're wrong? It's our Creator. He would know. He's the one who determines what's right and wrong. For correction, everybody here, all men need correction. We need to be corrected. Now, I've used this illustration before, and it's a good illustration for, to be reminded of. It's what the Bible does. The Bible tells us we're wrong. It puts an X on our paper. Then it tells us what the right answer is. Now, you think back in grade school. I've heard this from others. I never experienced it when you had a wrong answer. And the teacher always, hey, you want to know what you, get, you tell your kids to get the teachers, their teachers for Christmas? For some, just get them red pens, and that's just they'll they'll use that, and that's just the greatest thing. Save them, save them hundreds of dollars. Just give them red pens. But it's important. Well, they tried. No, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Put the X. Okay, but that's only half of what needs to be done. Correction is knowing what the right answer is. The reproof tells me I'm wrong. That's when we look at this book. We need this book to read this book because it tells us where we're wrong. But correction also tells us where, what the right answer is. What good would it do us to just be told we're wrong and not have any ability to get the right answer? The Bible reproves us so we can get it right. And so for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that's self-explanatory, uh, so that instruction, so that we know 
what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to live. We know how we honor the Lord. Instruction in righteousness. You can't go to Google to get instruction in righteousness. You can't go to the secular world to get instruction in righteousness. You, it must come from the Word of God. So if we're going to say, oh, Pastor, we're talking about discontentment of Bible preaching, well, we've got to be reminded what the Bible, the purpose of the Bible is. It's to inform us, instruct us. It's, it's to, so we know what we believe and why we believe it. It corrects us when we are wrong. I mean, it, it reproves us when we're wrong, and then it corrects us. It gives us the right answer and tells us how we can be right. And I want to remind you what verse number 1 tells us, and I'm not getting into this too much of chapter 4 because I've got a message I'm preparing on it, that, that there is going to be a judge who's going to judge all these things. What is instruction? What is right? What is wrong? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our comparison. Then he gets into verse number 2, and he says, Preach the word. What is the solution to the last day's theology? Preach the word. But he warns us, that in these last days there's some that are going to go away. Preach the word. What did he tell them? Look at verse number 2. Be instant in season or out of season. Regardless of popularity, there's some things that you've got to just be ready to preach on. There's some things that are unpopular preaching today. They still, what, what is Paul saying? He's still preaching on them. Be instant in season, out of season. Notice what verse 2 says. It uses that word again, reprove. Tell us when we're wrong. Tell us when we're wrong. Rebuke. Oh, that word rebuke, we don't like that. I, I, can't, I can't believe the pastor approached me and told me if I don't, no, I don't do that about your football team, although some of you'd help you. Um, little things, but if you're going to ruin your life, and, and parents, let me just tell you, you, you have your children and you rear them and and if I see some things in this world that had the potential to harm them, I'm going to preach about it from behind this pulpit. If I have to rebuke it, I'm going to rebuke it. That's the kind of preaching we're supposed to do. That's, that's, what, that, that's what the answer is. It says to exhort, to encourage. Um, it says to do all of it. Now, I'm going to tell you well, my favorite kind of preaching. Is y'all still with me tonight? I love that word exhort. I love it. To instruct with the purpose of building. To encourage. Oh, when the Lord puts those thoughts on my heart and mind, prepares those message. Oh, those are my favorite messages to preach. But let, me, let me tell you what the ones that I don't enjoy preaching. It's the ones when the Lord puts something on my heart and says, go to that pulpit and rebuke. I don't enjoy that. Now, you listen to the rebel and the critic. Those are the only kind that's ever preached from behind the pulpit, but that's not true. Now, in order for me to fulfill my responsibility is the same as in order for Timothy to fulfill his responsibility, you've got to do it all. Now, don't do anything that would upset the Spirit of God, and I'll preach all exhorting messages. Can we vote on that tonight? All in favor of that? Truth of the matter is... I find myself preaching the majority of messages like that, and it gets a testimony to the people that I'm preaching to. But what I'm saying tonight is there's Bible preaching. He's instructed to preach the Word. The most important aspect of the church is the preaching of the Word of God. Now, 
We're talking about getting discontented with Bible preaching. You know what happens in Bible preaching churches? And by the way, you've got to be thankful that you're part of a church where the Bible is preached. Yeah. has been for decades. And with God as my helper, as long as I'm the pastor, it will continue to be a Bible-centered, Bible-preaching church. We have great music, as you know. The music's not the highlight. It's the preaching of this book. That's what's the most important. But you know what happens? There's a tendency in Bible-preaching churches. We fail to be content with what is the most important thing that we have. And that's the preaching of the Word of God. Now, we, we, we do a lot of this, and we did more since we relocated, and we're going to be doing more and more and more, and I'll be saying more about, I said some this past Sunday night, we're going to be having a lot of our ministries, and some new things get started up very, very soon to give uh, time to fellowship and all that. I, be, I believe in all of that. But as we've seen for the last several years, when we've had church in a tent, we've had, I don't even remember all the places we've had church, we had Bible preaching, and we had, we, God blessed us. Uh, God, 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 God did work. Um, why? Because the most important thing is there. If you have that, that's enough. Everything else is a bonus. What tends to happen to Bible preaching church is we get discontented with just having what we got to have. We get discontented with what? Well, why does he have to preach on that? Because it falls into reproving. Why, why, did, why, did, why did he have to take such a strong stand on that? Because in these perilous times, the pastors in, in, in commanded, not instructed, commanded to rebuke. He's commanded to exhort. But my feelings, and it's sad, and we got to be very careful about this. We'll look at our society and these social issues, the political, and we... We'll say, well, uh, you can't put feelings over fact. But then we'll get into Bible preaching, and our feelings get hurt because we get reproved by the Word of God. We must be very, very careful not to get discontented with Bible preaching. This, you say, well, what are you talking about? We're getting dis, discontented with the exhort, being exhorted, the reproving, the rebuking. This is where these... You get Bible believers, they'll go from a Bible-believing church, a Bible-preaching church, and they'll go down a pathway, and before you know it, you find them in an apostate church. A church that teaches false doctrine. Have you ever scratched your head? and said, how did they end up there? They know better than that. That's what these emerging churches today, they're full of discontented people. The average person who gets sucked into that type of a church, they're looking for the truth. But a big hindrance are those who had Bible preaching and got discontented with it and left and they go down a progression to now they're in a place where there is no doctrine. By the way, you ought to, and you have because you're here, you choose your church based on what it believes, where it stands, the doctrine. Uh, that's the most important thing. And you get discontented with that. It takes you to places that you never thought you would be. Let's notice the progression. Everybody with me? If you'll listen fast, I'll talk fast. I have 17 points tonight. That's, those are the most insincere amens I've ever heard in my life. 
know I have five things I want us to see from our text tonight. Number one, when you become discontinued with Bible preaching, it leads to leaving sound doctrine. Look at verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. When you get discontented with Bible preaching, just straightforward preaching from the Word of God, when you get discontented for that, it's going to leave you to it's going to lead you to leave sound doctrine. Now, friend, you and I need to be reminded tonight that what that Bible says is true is true. This is where young people, you need to take the word of your pastor, a new Christian, you take the word of your pastor as he, as he preaches what God has said. There are certain things that God says are coming down the end of the road, and just because you haven't seen it, or somebody you know has gone down that road and they haven't seen it, let me tell you, if God says it's at the end of the road, it's there. And what God is pointing out, I believe, to help us tonight, when you become discontented with Bible preaching, you get away from preaching the Word. You get away from listening to the preaching of the Word, letting it help you. It will lead you to leave sound doctrine. It's amazing. Christians don't leave churches with sound doctrine for any other church but those that don't have sound doctrine. That's just the way it is. Why is it? Because it's a progression that we're told of in Scripture. So you know what? If I preach something like tonight, and you're like, I'm a little uncomfortable with that, say amen and pretend. No, you need to let the Spirit of God speak to you. So it's easy for you to say, you're the one out there saying it. I promise you that long before I get up here, the Spirit of God is doing a work on me. It's, it's, the, it's the sound doctrine that we must have. <clears throat> and when we get discontented, it's going to leave. What is doctrine divides? Well, you know, I would, I would go to church with you if you went to a different church. It's always a church with weak doctrine. Be very, very careful. You get discontented. Number two, get discontented with Bible preaching. It leads to fulfilling our own lust through teachers. Now follow me very, very quickly. We see in verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teacher. The opposite of Bible preaching is fulfilling of your lust. You want somebody to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. I've used illustration many, many times, but you don't treat your doctor that way. If you do, you're going to die. Tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. No, we expect to be told so that we can do something about it. Spiritually speaking, that's what Bible preaching does. It tells us what we need to hear so that we can do something about it because there is spiritual destruction. I mean, there are things in this Bible that, that, that God tells us, if you don't heed them, your life will be cut short. Just like it, that's what the doctor would say, if you keep doing that, it's going to cut years off your life. Um, we ought to heed it. It leads to fulfilling their own lust through teachers. Now, everybody in here, as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you have a pastor. If you didn't know who he is, you're looking at him. The pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I believe that it is God's will for every Christian to have a pastor. 
Now, not every Christian has a pastor, and that's tragic to me. There are many probably watching our live stream tonight that watch every single week all over the country. They don't have a Bible preaching church in their city, in their town. That's a tragic thing. But it's God's will for every Christian to have a pastor, have a, a shepherd as the Bible describes them. You and I must be careful, and in this situation, you must be careful to be reminded that God has given you a shepherd. And when God led you to the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I remind you, it was you that said, God has led us here. Nobody drug you down the aisle and forced you to unite with us in membership. Nobody forced you to do that. Nobody holds a gun to your head and when, when the offering plate is passed. Those thoughts have crossed my mind, but nobody's done it as of yet. God, by the way, if God leads you somewhere, the de- he's not going to send the devil to tell you to go somewhere else. But he led you here. That means he wanted me to be your pastor. When you get home, you ought to get on your knees and say, thank you, Lord. What, what, you, what am I getting to? Bible preaching, your preaching through the local church comes from your pastor. When you become dissatisfied with the preaching ministry of your pastor, you go and find teachers. It was a much better day when all you had to depend on was your pastor. There are men who faithfully pastor churches in rural parts of our country who's never been to Bible college, who are not what you would call educated, and they have more Bible sense than these teachers that you'll find on the internet with PhD behind their name. I remind all of us that God says it's the foolishness of preaching. It's to confound the intellect of man. It's the Spirit of God. God intends for us to all have a pastor. When you get disgruntled with Bible preaching, you run to teachers. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just get more, get deeper in the Word. Somebody please tell me what that means. Please tell me what that means. Well, I just, I heard this, and be careful, we live in a day of the YouTube theologians, those that pontificate on podcasts, be careful. They're not your pastor. Let me tell you where you ought to get your doctrine. First of all, from this book, from behind this pulpit. There's a lot of Christians who are ruined because they leave the preaching of their pastor for teachers. You say, Pastor, are you saying that you're the only voice that we should hear? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that in October, come to the Preachers of Light Conference, and you're going to hear a lot of other preachers. But they're preachers that I invited in. I like to read. I do too. I, I, I want to read some books. I'm doing my best to provide books that we can all... Or say, here's some that are available. You've got to be very, very careful. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it loud because we all know the answer. Is the devil wiser, or devil smarter than you and I? Absolutely he is. 
So he can use whatever, he uses a lot of means to undermine what God has established. Be very, very careful. And there's a difference as well. It, 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 when you go to the, all of these spiritual teachers, you got to be reminded that the book of Hebrews reminds us that your pastor cares for your soul. It, 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 it's really, it, this is why I get, and I'm just, I'm just going to be very forthcoming tonight. Very, very, I'll use the word aggravated. When a pastor of another church in this area messes with my sheep. And the reason why is because I've got up in the middle of the night and prayed for them. It was me as their pastor they called when they had to be called to the hospital. Be very careful who the devil uses to get you disenchanted with the preaching, get disenchanted with the program. I know there's not going to be many amens tonight, but this, is, this will help us. Um, it leads us to fulfilling our own lust through, the, if you don't like what your pastor says, what are you going to do? You're going to go get a second opinion. And if it comes out of this Bible, does it really matter what anybody else says? No, it doesn't. I'm just encouraging you tonight, and this, I hope this Bible study, the preaching of the Word of God, God has a pattern, God has a plan, and we should not let, we get disenchanted with the Bible preaching where it's going to take us. I'm often reminded of my obligation that I'm going to give an account for every one of you. Think about that. Now that I said that, I'm discouraged and I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to give account of every message that I preach. Every time in prayer, I'm giving account of it all. And I just decided a long time ago, if I'm going to give an account of it, I'm going to have a say in it. And I just decided I'm just going to preach this book and we ought to listen to the preaching of the Word of God and we ought to stay faithful to Bible preaching. Number three, I've got to hasten... Look with me in verse number 3 again. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers. God designed for us to have a pastor. I remind you of that. Having itching ears. When you become disgruntled or discontented with Bible preaching, it leads to itching ears. What is, what is Paul saying? Become more enchanted with sensationalism disenchanted with what the Bible says is our relationship. Well, I, just, I just felt it. Well, if it's contrary to what this book says, uh, what do you feel? I write about a lot of these things in a book I've got, I've got coming out very, very soon. And we live in a day of, of spiritual self-help. Well, if you just believed in yourself more, that's not in this Bible. Matter of fact, the less we believe in ourselves, the more God can do through us. That's just the fact. We have a relationship, and what, what, are we, what is our responsibility? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Sometimes I don't feel like keeping the commandments of God. I know I'm all alone in that. Sometimes I don't feel like doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm commanded to do it. But when I feel like it, I'll do it. That's not in this Bible. 
Uh, we will then look for things that we like to hear or things that make us feel good. And we could use a illustration, the Joel Osteen type preaching. It's your best life now. Now think about your certain circumstances. If this is your best life, I used to hear that in Bible college. Oh, this is the best years of your life. I'm like, I'm going to classes I don't even want to take. I'm working third shift. My roommates are people I don't even like. Not the three years you were my roommate, Brother Fox, but <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm rooming with people I don't even like. I'm in the north. Enough said right there. And these are the best years of my life. No wonder there's so many people dropping out of Bible college. But anyway, I finally let that bitterness out. I'm, I feel much better. Uh, we get this content with Bible preaching. It leads to itching ears. It, we look for things that make us feel a certain way as opposed to just obeying what God has said. Number four. Number four and number five is where I want to spend the remainder of my time because it all ties it all together. It, being discontented with Bible preaching leads you to turn your ears from the truth. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. This is what the Bible, this is what Paul is writing to him. He says, this is what happened. This is, this is what will happen. Now, you preach the word anyway. But when you get this, when Bible preaching is not enough, what he's saying is Bible preaching isn't going to be enough. Just thus saith the Lord is not going to be enough. They're going to want something different. And when you hear, when you, when you continue to do that, because what's going to happen, it's going to lead them to turn their ears from the truth. They don't want to hear it. We live in a day, let's use, let's use without getting specifics, let's use the political world we live in today. You can present the facts, but they don't want to hear it. You know, it's like I heard our president talk about how great inflation is doing right now and how he's tackled it. And the numbers just keep going up and keep going up, keep going up. And it's like, um, you know, here's some numbers. The stock market is, well, we're doing great. Present the facts. They don't want to hear it. Spiritually speaking, it's even worse. They turn their ears from the message. I don't want to hear it. Now, let me give you one illustration of how Satan does this. Sometimes, to get you to turn your ears from the message, he will get you to turn your ears from the messenger. If he can get you to get offended, if he can get you to become disgruntled with the messenger, you're not going to hear the message. Well, if, if church isn't that important, you're not going to hear the message. They begin to turn their ears from the message. Amazing to me, the number of churches with Baptists on their, on their sign, not having Bible study anymore, not having Sunday night uh, uh, service anymore, not having Sunday school. Uh, truthfully, I wish they would just not have Sunday morning anymore and just close their doors because the Bible is not being preached. But, well, it's just not that important. What are you doing? You're turning your ears from the message. How many Christians sit at home when they ought to be in church? What is that? You're turning your ears from the message. If we get discontented, I, mean, I, I, I hope this, this I'm, I'm just going to say it, and you can take it however you want to take it, and you can, you can whatever. 
You know, I work hard at trying to give you something from this book. And I'm not trying to sound self-serving. It's, it's God gives it to me. He gives it to me. It, I work, but, I, I, but I put an effort. I, I want to give you something that God has given me and so the Spirit of God can help His people and help His church and so we can build our homes and, and we, can help, we can reach this world. Because the message is that important. Oh, don't turn your ears away from it. If it's prepared, you have a responsibility. Well, I'm just not coming. That's okay. I'm still going to preach it. And that's on you. Well, I just... The pastor, he just... he just I was going through there and I was going to shake his hand, but he got busy talking to somebody else and he ignored me. Well, I probably didn't do it on purpose, but with that attitude, I'm glad I did. No, it's a silly illustration, but it gets the point. Be careful. Don't let people... Don't, you, you get offended at somebody else, not necessarily the pastor even, but you because it's... You, that's such a ludicrous illustration, you getting offended by me. But, you know, it's, it's, you might get offended by another Christian. So I'm not coming. You know what Satan is doing? He's using that offense to turn your ears away from the truth. Now watch what happens when he leads you to turn your ears from the truth. When you get offended by the message or offended by the messenger, he leads you to turn your ears from the truth. What's happened? You've gotten discontented from Bible preaching. Well, it's just not enough. What, what, where is it going to take you? And shall be turned unto fables. When you get discontented with Bible preaching, it's going to lead you to fables. Anything that's not in this book is a fable. Oh, you can lose your salvation. That's a fable. Oh, baptism is part of salvation. That's a fable. Oh, you can, you know, you, you just come claim and begin your new relationship with Christ with no gospel, no conviction, no. That's a fable. That's a fable. Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter how, how, how consecrated you are. It, none of that matters. That is a fable. It's a fable. How do you end up in that situation? It all, some, some tonight, as I teach this and preach this tonight, some would say, well, Pastor, that could never happen to me. I could give you names, sadly, who are in a place when you, you, you scratch their head. How in the world can you have the truth and go to that where it's just fables? There's a progression. You first get discontented with Bible preaching. I know you love Bible preaching. Three of you. Okay, I, I was setting you up there. I mean, I teed it up for you real nice and easy. No, the fact that you're here Wednesday night, this church loves preaching because it's been built on preaching. It's been the emphasis. I know you love Bible preaching. So, this is a Bible study tonight that we can file away, we can make mental note of. Maybe there's somebody here tonight, you find yourself in one of those, I just, I don't see what the big, I don't, I'm, it's not that important anymore. Be very, very careful because you'll end up in a place. Now, let me give you one more teaching point that I'll make everybody in here who's got children and grandchildren sit up and pay attention. If you're saved, you're always saved. You heard the gospel. 
When you get discontented with Bible preaching and you take your family to one of these places that don't give the gospel, they may have some nice Hollywood characters that show up every once in a while, but they don't have the gospel. Your kids are going to believe a fable. Your grandkids are going to believe a fable. I can't think of anything crueler than somebody who has the truth, who allows himself to get discontented, which we all have, we're all potential for that. But then to go where they say, I would never end up there. Oh, I can give you illustration after illustration. And it's the words that come out of their mouth. I never thought I would end up here. There, there are some, I've used this illustration in a while, who they got disenchanted, got, well, it's got to be a different way. And, and years later, have asked me to pray for their grandchildren because they didn't know if their grandchildren were saved. Sad. Say, Pastor, those are extreme. In some ways they are, but we see a progression. I don't want to end up. I couldn't imagine preaching anything else but what's in this book. This is the truth. But you know what I could if I get discontented? I know that doing this kind of preaching is not real popular in a lot of places. It doesn't get you invited to have a lot of prayer in the public spectrum for dedicating of buildings. I understand all that. In some cases, it makes you very unpopular amongst the brethren. But, oh, I don't want to get so disenchanted that I lead us down a path to where we're embracing fables. There are churches you and I can think of where they're in that fable stage. They weren't always there. They got away from Bible preaching. You and I must stick with the Bible, Bible preaching, don't get disenchanted with it. When the Lord speaks to your heart, respond. Respond. Well, I'll do it when I get home. No, you respond right there. You do, you do business with the Holy Spirit right where you are. And let's stay um, in tune with God. God sends his message through this book. That's why you and I, we ought to read it every day. You think about this. Think about, I, I don't know if the stars are going to be out tonight. But it depends on what part of town, whether you can see them or not. But next time you look up, you see all those stars in the sky. There's nothing, to me, there's nothing more beautiful than being a clear night and just looking at the stars. God spoke every one of those into existence. By name. Think about that. And God inspired this book and preserved it because God wants to speak to you and I every day single day. God sends his message through the pastor from behind the pulpit as the church gathers together. Let's hear what God has for you and I. Let's don't get disenchanted or don't get dissatisfied with it or discontented with it. Uh, well, you see, remember when you were, remember when you first got saved and the hotter the preaching was? Like, man, that was awesome. I don't know what it all meant. Man, that was awesome. I mean, can you kick something over tonight? But now, dignified. Uh, let's, let's, stay, let's stay in tune with the Word of God. Father, help us tonight as we consider these truths.